All right, so this episode, we spoke with Dr. Ben about kind of a, a vast array of topics, mostly focused on his expertise, autoimmune. Um, Brian, what, what, was, what was the thing that most stood out to you in this conversation? Just his, his passion to, yeah. to, to, help, to help others, right? And then to share, to share what has worked for, for his own journey and what hasn't worked. Yeah. Um, he's a straight, he's a straight shooter. He's going to be really honest. Um, there's some, there's some content in there that, that may be a little, um, I don't want to say edgy, but it's going to, it's thought provoking is the, was the word I would, I would use. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a really fun conversation. I am super excited for you guys to get to listen to it. So without further ado, let's get to becoming legendary. Maximize every opportunity so that you can become you legend and become legendary. What adjustments can you make right now to make yourself one percent better? Your only goal is to be the best version of you. Dr. Ben, welcome to Becoming Legendary. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, guys. And um, you just jump right off the gate, give our audience a little bit of backstory of who you are, just a quick little introduction, and then we'll, we'll, we'll kick in from there. All right, sure. So what I do now is helping people with uh, chronic disease, autoimmune disease, helping them heal with diet. And I do that because 12, 13 years ago, I went through my own journey with uh, mystery disease. The doctors couldn't diagnose or treat, kind of went through the whole medical rigmarole and got no answers and had to figure it out on my own and um and uh you know basically came to healing myself with food and and um learned a lot of things they couldn't teach me so I, I realized I had to pass the knowledge on and that's that's what I'm passionate about doing now. Yeah. Do you think do you think food is both a pathway in and a pathway out? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, you know, the pathway ends, you know, it's like, is it the whole pathway or the whole pathway out? No, but I think it's most of both. Okay. Okay. I, I, I like that. Um, so to, to jump in, uh, to jump in a little deeper to the autoimmune component, do you have, do you have a traditional view of what autoimmune disease is, or do you have, do you have a atypical theory around, around that experience? You know, um, I'm still, I, I, I don't, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, I've kind of, it's evolved a lot over the years. I'm sure, still not sure what the heck is actually going on. Um, I think there are multiple theories that make sense. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those, um, I can't remember what that rule is, but like the more you know about something that you feel like the less, you know, <laughs> so um, I mean, I probably have like a non-traditional view of it, but I think like, you know, there's people say that, oh, it doesn't exist. The body doesn't attack itself. Well, I kind of thought that for a while, but I'm, I, um, I don't know. It's, we can get into that if you want. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Definitely a rabbit hole. I, I say we get, I'm, I'm super curious yeah. about, I'm super curious about thoughts around autoimmune. So, um, yeah, let's, I think that I think that that's an interesting and compelling space, right? It's like why why is such a significant portion of the population having the experience 
or the perceived experience of their body attacking itself, right? So let's let's ju- let's jump right into that that specific area. What what are your thoughts ar- around how did how did you change your mind? Maybe 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 we can start there and, and expand from that point. Change my mind about what? So you 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 said that you used to have a you used to have the opinion that this that audio moon wasn't a thing and that the bodies yeah. don't attack themselves and, and now you've you've revised that opinion. So what what was the point that changed you from that point? Um, well, I think one of the things I, I do have to concede that modern medicine, as much as I don't like this approach and it's wrought with side effects, is that they do immune suppressant drugs that are literally designed to suppress your immune system and people's symptoms sometimes get better. So if it didn't involve the immune system attacking something in the body, that approach wouldn't work at all. It's by far from perfect. It's, you know, obviously a suppressed immune system is not something you want to be walking around with. I mean, you're going to get, you're going to catch a cold every time it comes around. You're going to cancer eventually. It's, it's, um, it's not an elegant strategy by any means, but it accomplishes it. Like it, it treats the effect instead of the cause. Like, so, um, but I think the immune, the immune system is attacking the body intentionally. No, what it's attacking is toxicity or some sort of uh, offending agent that kind of looks like part of the body. And so the body gets caught in the crossfire or that, or that, you know, maybe there's part of the immune system that would normally deal with it, but that's kind of suppressed or just not work, functioning optimally. So you have to go for this other part of the immune system, which just doesn't do as good of a job and gets things caught in the crossfire. That's another possibility. Um, Cause the immune system is a lot more complex than we're told. And it's a lot more complex than even the people who are researching it really understand. Um, so we want to think that there's, oh, there's just this antibody antigen and, you know, either have immunity to a virus or you don't. And, um, you know, there's this whole innate immune system, which doesn't need to have antibodies to do its job. Um, so the immune system's like egregiously complex. So to think that we like understand fully what's going on is absurdity. But the good news is that whatever the phenomenon is, whether it's the immune system, whatever it is, is kind of inconsequential if you know how to get somebody better. Like you can you can pick apart the minutiae of what's really going on all day long and, you know, get into these like, you know, intellectual like um, arm wrestling contests. But like at the end of the day, it's for me, it's about getting people better, you know, so I'm going to do what works. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. I. I think that you could you could work yourself back, right? Mm-hmm. If if you have a if you have the if you have the path to healing, um, it it seems like you could walk that path back towards a point of dis-ease. Um, mm-hmm. So as, as you've as you found your way down this path of healing, what were the what were the key milestones that that you've passed along the way? Um. I mean, I think the first key milestone was just realizing like, hey, maybe these doctors like aren't going to fix me, you know, like I've been kind of going through on the merry-go-round being told like, oh, we just got to get you to this next guy who's going to run this next test and they're going to, then they're going to figure it out and then they're going to know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was, you know, it was like, I I was like stuck at the pinball machine. And once I realized like I was in there, had to get out, then it's like, okay, that was a milestone, right? And then it's like, okay, well, let's then let's start figuring it out. Um, and I think when I, you know, it was like diet change was kind of like the last thing I wanted to do. I was like, that probably won't do anything. And I don't, in my mind, I didn't want it to, cause I didn't want to have to change, you know? Right. So I was kind of, but it was like, I got painted into a corner. And then once I actually did it and started seeing 
even a tiny shift that was a that was a change that was like okay well that's that's a well, I was like this actually helps damn it now I actually have to like get off the Taco Bell and the pizza and all this stuff <laughs> um so and then I think the other milestone is like when I next milestone was when I really dialed it in and I was eating super super duper duper clean for like six eight weeks ish I saw my symptoms just like just melt away like 80 90 percent gone like everything that i've been dealing with it was just like it and never what was happened. that timeline it was about six to eight weeks of like okay. really being dialed in yeah yeah what were sorry to interrupt here what i'm just curious so so just to just to just to jump in real quick i i've yeah. been clinically diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis um mm. and and so what, what what were your symptoms first that, that you were experiencing if i could ask that Sure. Yeah. Good yeah. question. We didn't even, I, I skipped ahead. It's not like I was yeah. trying to not talk about that. No. Um, so I was mainly was really, really bad digestive issues. Um, but also some like chronic muscle pain, a lot of chronic fatigue, a lot of brain fog. And then I had like really bad eczema of my hands. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> so my, my, my symptoms are it's, it's mostly, it, it's mostly inflammation. So, um, it's, 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 it's in my hands, uh, basically all my joints. Right. So, and it, and it varies, the intensity varies, um, based on a lot of different things. So, so I'm in that, I'm in that circle of, of, of the medicine right now of, of going to see the doctors and, and finding, finding some relief in, in some of the medications that, that they're providing and other medications. I'm, I'm, I'm playing with the dosage. I'm playing with how much I'm on it, how much I'm off it, things like that. I'm finding some benefits in being off it. And then also some, some benefits being on it. Um, again, my, I've, I, I, there was a, there was a long portion of, of my life where, where I didn't, um, take good care of myself. I ate shitty. I drank a bunch of alcohol, smoked cigarettes for 20 years. Um, you know, all of the things that, that, that they are, that they are sort of um, suggesting that, that could lead to something like this. Um, as I've worked deeper into, um, in, into this, into this thing that I'm moving through. Right. So a lot of the, a lot of what I'm feeling is that it's, it's being, it's, it's, it's tied to my, to my emotions or, or, or my lack of understanding of my emotional body, if you will. Um, and so the, the, the more, the more work that I can do to, to understand and, and kind of, um, appreciate what, what my emotions are telling me the, I, I can almost feel the autoimmune dissipate, quiet down, soften, start to leave the body. When I, when, when I get into deeper aspects of, of, of my being, if I will. So, so my question is, is like, did you, have you found anything that, that has been further related to, to not only your emotional mindset, but, but just your mindset in general? <clears throat> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing is that you know, emotions and stress are all experienced through the nervous system. Okay. And the nervous system actually modulates, well, everything, but including the immune system. Um, and we actually have data, they've done this in labs where they can get a neuron to turn into a white blood cell and vice versa um, under lab. So the two are like intertwined where it's like, okay, you can call it a nervous system. You can call it an immune system, but really they're, you know, they're not discrete from each other. So, um, yeah, working to, you know, um, get in touch with your emotions, modulate your stress, meditation, breath work, getting enough mm -hmm. rest, these things like, like when the, when you're getting that the nervous system is functioning better, 
and the body's self-healing mechanisms in general are functioning better. And we're in a place in 21st century society where it's like, you know, we're doing all this stuff to ourselves and we're like living, we're surviving, but like we're really throttled. And that when we can do things like eat better, manage our stress, do like that, we 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 disinhibit the body from healing itself. Because right now it's so inhibited with the amount of stress we're under, the glowing rectangles we're looking at, the food we're eating, the air we're breathing. It's like everything's working against it. And somehow, by some miracle, we, we we're living, right? Like we don't, we don't kind of, we don't appreciate that. Um, but it's like, so the body's in this like defense mode where it's trying to protect itself all the time and it really can't heal. But once we we sort of snowplow these obstructions out of the way. Well, then the body can get to work. It's like, I'm drinking this smoothie. It has no healing properties whatsoever. But what it does do is it provides my body the conditions to heal itself and so regulate itself. And, and instead of like, you know, if this is a cheeseburger, well, then my body's gonna have to fight it off and process it and get rid of it. And that's stress on the body. And that's one more thing it's got to do when it's trying to heal itself. I'm, I'm kind of going like, ranting here but i hope that makes sense no yeah that does that does there's yeah that that, that makes a lot of sense the, explain then i guess a little bit deeper with so the six to eight weeks just to jump back i know i kind of interjected there six to eight weeks was was the healing protocol with the smoothies and then you started to notice um, a significant change in, in how the body was starting to heal itself yeah yeah i mean that's what i was doing just like raw fruits and vegetables and a lot of smoothies just because it was you know, it beats sitting there and just trying to like eat it all right. Like, cause it was a lot, it was a lot. I mean, it was 10 to 12 pounds of fruits and vegetables a day, sometimes more, you know? Wow. So, um, that was really just a mechanism to make it feasible. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I was already kind of playing around with it, like incorporating more of it and like making smoothies every day, but still eating a lot of junk too. And then when I was like, okay, I really want to dial this in. I really want to like I really want to see what happens if I just like really go all in on this. And it was like, my body was like, yup, that's what we needed. Like skin clears up, chronic pain goes away. Uh, digestion's way better. Um, fatigue. I went from like chronically fatigued to just like tons of energy all the time. Wanting to do things um, like mental clarity went through the roof. Um, so I was really just trying to get the digestion better, but then all this other stuff that I kind of just thought was unrelated started to get better too. And I just got, and then it became a, became a, uh, what's it called? Upward, upward cycle, upward. Um, uh, yeah, like a, an upward spiral. Um, and so it's just like, the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it, the better I felt, the more I wanted to do it and so on. Yeah. But it was, it, it was sort of like, I just remember like, like uh, someone at the time, like asking me like how, things were going, like how I was feeling. Cause I had complained about a lot of issues and I was like, Oh, you know what? Like now I think about it, like, yeah, that issue's gone. That issue's gone. That issue's way better. Like, Whoa. Okay. Like it was kind of a, it was kind of a, just a epiphany. Like I was feeling so good. I forgot how bad I was feeling. That's a good thing. <laughs> and so the, the mechanism of change there, do you, do you have a, do you have a, thread to what you believe the mechanism of change was for you? I think there was just a lot of toxicity in my body that there is essentially a backlog of it. And, um, and that once that, like, once I stopped putting new toxicity in, well, then the body could begin to purge the backlog. Okay. Absolutely. A pretty good job, right? Cause it took me like 25 years plus to like create that backlog. Right. And then in six weeks of like, 
drastically reducing the toxicity load, you know, expunged most of it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I, that's as far as a mechanism, that's what I think was going on. Um, Cause I would have detox symptoms where I would like have a rash for a day or something like that. Or I would like, you know, like go to the bathroom, number one or number two, and it would smell really weird or like smell chemically yeah. or smell like alcohol or something like that. So, um, so I, I think there was definitely like some detoxification going on that once the body, once it wasn't toxifying the body anymore, well, then it could begin to like purge the backlog of toxicity. Were you using any adsorption um, mechanisms at all? Nope. Nope. Was not taking any sort of like herbs or supplements or doing any kind of, I was just eating differently, sleeping better, um, exercising, like all just, all just basically letting the body do its thing without trying to push anything along artificially. And, and now, now you've taken this, you've taken your, your end of one experience and, and you've transitioned that into, into a practice and that has, has created a, an equal success for the people you're working with. Yeah. Well, yeah. Say for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I actually have one guy here in Phoenix reversed his, he had RA for like 25 years. Wow. And, um, and I mean, he was like within four, like he was still medicated while he was beginning to do the protocol, but he noticed the symptoms like drastically disappeared four to six weeks by the end. He, you know, he worked with me for about three months by the end, he would pretty much like, it was like, he used to take it a, an injectable every yep. um, two weeks. Yeah. And it had been like six or seven and he felt like he didn't, wasn't going to do it till he needed. It. And he's like, I have it there if I need it again, but like, I haven't taken it. So I'm, I don't know if I will take it again or I'll need it, but it's there if I need it. So he was sort of like yeah. in the process of weaning off the medication. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, sometimes it blows my mind. Um, just the things that I see people's bodies do when they begin to provide the right condition and, and they get the right support. I was thinking about you, Dr. Jen, Dr. Dr. Jen, Dr. Ben today, when I had my injectable, I was thinking to myself, it was my two week, my two weeks were up. And I, um, before I had a shot two weeks ago and, and before that I, I took like a month off. Um, but I thought of you today before I injected myself, it's, 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 um, <clears throat> I know that there's 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 deeper there's deeper work that, that still needs to be done for me, um, but I do I've incorporated a really strong smoothie game into into my healing protocol. I think that's awesome. I think that's yeah I think that's amazing. Um, tell me a little bit more about the specifics of of what you add into your smoothies, just just so people have a, an idea of, of of what you're what you're looking at there. Yeah, sure. So this one is um, bananas, strawberries, and I think. Uh, Organic iceberg lettuce. People are like, oh, iceberg, right? But like any green vegetable is good. Um, so I'm generally doing um, the smoothies. Bananas are in season all year round. So, and they're inexpensive. So it makes doing it every day and doing a lot of them. This is big. This is like a half gallon, right? Yeah, here, right? it's huge. Um, and that's one meal for me. So um, yeah, generally. And so I'm letting the bananas get super ripe, like spotty ripe. Okay. And then they just, they blend better. The nutrition's better. They digest better. They taste better, uh, especially in smoothies or sweeter. And um, usually throwing in like some sort of greens in there, using water as a base, but like celery, kale, lettuce, you know, whatever, like some kind of leafy green. Um, I gotta stay away from like the, the broccolis or the carrots or something like that, but um, like the leafy greens. Um, 
And then, um, and then usually some kind of other fruit in there for flavor too. Like this one had frozen strawberries, but like, um, you know, like this time of year, there's not a whole lot of stuff in season. So I'll just like get like frozen fruit, like blueberries or strawberries or frozen mangoes or something like that. But yeah, usually banana is one of the fruit and greens and water as a base and um, just make sure the bananas are super ripe and uh, you know, like a half a head of lettuce, like a lot of greens. And that's, greens. that's basically the smoothie formula. So yeah, no, no, no pills, powders, potions, no special, anything just, you know, grows out of the ground and off of a tree. That's, that's what the body needs. Are you eating anything else? Like, like, like I, I saw on your Instagrams, there were like um, some salads and stuff like that involved. Like, are you, I, I have a, <laughs> like, I'm sure as a lot of people do, I love, I love to eat. It's, it's yeah. like, it's a, it's a part of what I find enjoyable about the human experience. Um, well, for sure, man. Yes. Yeah. So what do you, what, what, what are you chewing? Like, what do you, like, what's besides a sat? Like, sure. Yeah. Great question. So, um, tip, so typical day is I have the smoothie for lunch, typical breakfast. I have what's called a fruit mono meal. So I take one type of fruit. Um, uh, today it was jam grapes. I don't know if you ever heard of, there's a variety of grape and they're just like out of control. Good. So I had like three pounds of grapes. Um, so I'll do like one type of fruit, depending on what's in season, right? So now it's like, what is it, January? It, like, I, I just got word of like, um, someone wants me to go clear their orange tree down in Mesa. So um, I'm going to be doing a lot of orange juice and oranges probably here for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, some kind of high water fruit for breakfast. Usually, uh, you know, can I do three or four fruits at a time in a meal? Sure. But most of the time for breakfast, I'm having one type of high water fruit from when I'm, from when I'm hungry to when I'm full. Okay. Super simple. Dinner's a smoothie or sorry, lunch is a smoothie. Dinner's usually a salad. And sometimes I do like, I eat a plant-based diet. So if I do eat like cooked food, it's, it's like, um, it's usually something like whole foods, really simple rice, quinoa, potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, you know, steamed vegetables, something like that. And it's usually like baked or steamed and not like you know, no, no processed ingredients, anything like that. Got it. Cool. And I'm, and I'm eating, there's no like restricting, like I'm eating a lot of food. Okay. Because, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, like food is, food is an enjoyable part of the human experience. I'm not restricting myself at all. It's like three pounds of grapes is a lot of food. Okay. Half a gallon <laughs> smoothie is a lot of food. Yeah. Now fruits and vegetables have, you know, they're nutritionally dense, which as a corollary means that they're calorically poor which means that to eat the same amount of calories, you got to eat a lot. Like the smoothie is probably 1,100, 1,200 calories. Okay. And I eat about, you know, 3,000-ish in a day. So um, it's like I eat a lot, a lot of food because it doesn't have a lot of calories. It's got a lot of nutrition, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and fiber and all the good stuff, um, but not a lot of calories. So I eat and I don't, I don't ever say, oh, I'm eating too much of this good food. I got to slow down. I got to stop it. But no, it's like the more I eat, the better I do. And there's no, there's no upper limit on it. Like, oh, I'm going to run into, I'm going to get fat if I eat too many bananas. You know, it's like, it's not happening. It's fair. <clears throat> and there was no, there was no fat in that, in that diet. Is that true? Um, I mean, you know, it's like fruits and vegetables have some degree of fat in them, but I probably keep fat to about 15% of calories or less. So I do eat nuts, seeds, avocados, things like that for sure. Okay. Um, big, big fan of the hemp seeds, big fan of the avocados, big fan of the sesame tahini. (laughs) 
what I've noticed too a little bit for my journey is that I get yearly new, um, food allergy tests, right? And so the, my my al- food allergies are constantly changing, and it, and it's all it's all basic based on how much I'm. Because for example, I was on a, a big hemp seed kick for the past year, and then I just recently had a new had a um, food allergy test, and I'm allergic to hemp seeds now. So it's like, yeah. and that's con- th- those things are constantly changing depending on depending on how much I'm eating of, of what, right? Yep. So that, yeah. I mean, we can talk about why that is if you want to know or what's going on there. Yeah, please. So, so chances are with, with most people, part of the, re- or with autoimmune disease is part of the reason they have all this toxicity that they need to expunge is because they have a leaky gut, okay? Which I'm sure you've heard that phrase, but I'll just explain it for everybody listening. It's basically because of damage from um, essentially synthetic chemicals, most notably um, pesticides like Roundup and things like that. The small intestine actually becomes permeable to things that like lets in things. It, it, it absorbs things it wouldn't normally absorb. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, normally it's like if you eat food with some toxicity and like generally your body's going to absorb the good stuff and poop out the bad stuff. Well, with a leaky gut, you're going to start absorbing some of that bad stuff, right? And so you absorb this toxicity. Well, now you're absorbing parts of the food that you wouldn't normally absorb and your immune system's like, oh, we got to attack that. That's bad, right? And so it's like whatever you're eating, you end up becoming allergic to it, allergic, because you're absorbing parts of it that you would normally just pass on by, right? So if we can if we can heal the leaky gut by like, you know, really like keeping the diet dialed in, well, then the food allergy, like I, I used to have like a laundry list of food allergies. And, you know, a lot of these things I don't eat anymore just because they're not healthy anyway, but like um, pretty much all of those have gone away because I like essentially my system was able to heal itself and my gut was able to um, become unleaky. Hmm. Um, so I hope that that explains it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. It's and a there's constant. No, there's no beta hydroxybutate um, at all. Is that true? Well, beta hydroxybutyrate is a ketone that your body makes in certain states when it needs to go into ketosis. Like if you're fasting or you're not eating like any carbohydrate, then your body will start to break down fat into ketones to create energy. But no exogenous. No, I'm I mean, not I, taking I would be shocked if you were ketones. in ketosis consuming that much, that much sugar, glucose, fructose. So, um, I, I, what do you, what do you attribute the gut line healing to? Um, I think honestly, it's just like not exposing it to any more glyphosate and the body, like not exposing it to anything that's going to deteriorate it. And eventually the body can heal itself. But it's like when the, when it's already kind of leaky and you keep getting doses of it, even if it's less, unless it's zero or close to, it's going to continue to struggle with that. Do you have a, I mean, yeah. So fasting can definitely be beneficial because you're getting no food. Right. And so then it's Mm -hmm. like, that's when the body does the most healing, obviously. Yeah. Like at some point it's, it's human life. You got to eat, like eat food, but if you, you know, have the opportunity to do something like an extended fast, or you don't need to work and you can just rest and not eat like that can do wonders. I mean, I, I, I interned at a fasting clinic um, and I saw just miraculous things, but people who healed amazing things in very short periods of time, relatively, you know, cause they were fasting for seven, 14, 28 days. 
uh, we, we can get we can get into those some some of those stories. But yeah, I mean, it's not that like food is bad for you, but it's like the more you can give the the less you can give the body to do and have to work. Like, cause digesting food is work, even if it's healthy food, right? Obviously, like the healthier foods, less work, it's less load on the body. But like, no food is even less load on the body, and that frees up more opportunity and bandwidth for healing. We're on, I'm on a 16 and eight. So I'm off, off for 16 hours and I, or more like 17 and seven, really. Um, I eat basically from noon until 7 PM at night and then don't eat again until the next day at noon. I feel my absolute best after, after the morning, um, the, the, the morning release of, 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 of the food and the the bathroom and then, and then, and then those, those like from like 6 a.m. until noon, that's when I feel my best. And then, and then, and then as soon as I, I I'm, I'm more on like a carnivore diet than I would say anything else. So lots of okay. grass fed, grass finished, um, all organic meat. Um, we get it from a, from a farm in, in the Midwest. So it's all shipped to us. It's nothing out of the grocery store. It's, it's super, super clean and healthy. Um, where I get in trouble is, 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 is with, well, I, I'll save my specifics, but I mean, that, that, that diet has seemed to, that seemed to shift things in, in a positive way for me as well. Yeah, for sure. Cause you're forsaking a lot of the stuff that's, um, that's causing a problem. Exactly. Do you, Ben, do you, do you have any, uh, patterns or, or recommendations on time timelines for eating? Sure. I think this is going to, um, go against what a lot of people say out there. And it's, I don't mean to sound, and this is not to sound like, um, obnoxious, but, uh, it's, it's a lost art of eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Cause the pro- part of the problem is that we live in this Western society with all this processed food and hyper palatable foods that we've lost all sense of like when we're actually hungry. And, and then it's like, we can feel physically full, but the food tastes so good. And it's so like salted and seasoned and like chemicalized that your brain's just like, no, floods the dopamine. So eat more of it. Right. And you're like full, but you're still eating and you feel sick, but you can't stop. So, uh, once you, once you eliminate foods like that, you know, there's some withdrawals for sure, but then your body really starts to understand like when it's hungry, when it's not right. Yeah. And so like, uh, you know, today I, I, I had a rather big dinner last night. And so I just had no desire to eat until about 10 30 this morning because it's just, I wasn't trying to intermittent fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, Nope, not hungry. Not like food doesn't appeal. Um, so that's, that's what I'm a fan of is, um, is, uh, just like really developing an intuitive sense with the body of when you're actually hungry, when you're actually full and, and really honoring that. Yeah, I, that's an interesting, that's an interesting component because I think that the, the psychological attachment that the food industry Mm. has created to our brains Mm. essentially prevents normal functioning humans or normal living humans from experiencing that, right? If you are, if you are attached to food industry products, you're never, I can't imagine getting to the point where you could understand what hunger is and the difference between boredom and hunger, because I think that is Mm. a pretty huge confusion in society. Um, 100% all the way, man. Yeah. So I, I do, I do think that in order to get to that experience that you really do have to have removed processed food completely. I, I don't know that you could get to that experience and still maintain processed food in your diet because I think it just psychologically controls you in ways that most people aren't aware of. 
Mm. thousand percent in agreement and and yeah they're not aware of because they've literally been doing it their whole lives yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> I, I noticed that a lot dad and, and jj i love you guys but but i noticed that <laughs> i shouldn't have called them out like i just did but i guess i just did <laughs> um that's my father and his, his partner yeah um as i'm flush bread here the um they god their 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 bodies are so are so attuned to like i play golf with my dad and and, and he's like he has to have like a he has to have a processed nutrition bar like nutrition bar in the morning like he has to have like something at like 10 a.m that like boosts his sugar and by 11 a.m he's crashed he's got to have another bite of a snickers bar at 11 you know it's like this constant like roller coaster that like i just see him can go through and he's like aren't you hungry don't you want anything i'm like dude no i'm like i'm good and like i could just it's it's an un unconscious pattern that exists not only in him but 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 in, in, a, in the vast majority of of human beings out there something to to consider next time you open that bag of cheetos <clears throat> Yeah. And, and, and people are addicted to food. I mean, it's, yeah. um, you know, it's the number one addiction that, you know, it's so ubiquitous that people don't even consider it, you know? For sure. Um, and yeah, it, it really throws off our intuitive sense of this stuff. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you've developed in your practice that has helped with your cl cl client base um, staying consistent to the, to the program? Hmm. That's a fantastic question. Um, because yeah, it's like, okay, I can, you know, give you the perfect diet. I can say, okay, just here's the book, just do what's in the book. And yeah. And when I first got, when I first got started, I was like, well, I gave them everything. Why are they not right. succeeding at it? Like, hmm. cause uh, you know, when I first, when I started, yeah, oh, I definitely struggled with that, but I, I hit some kind of like low point where I was like, okay, I have to change. Like this has to happen. And, and I, I just got really dialed in and like determined to do it. But like, so I just thought that everybody else would too. Apparently it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Come to find later. Um, so yeah, so it's really important. Like I do coaching with people and we provide a lot of community, a lot of encouragement, a lot of, um, a lot of um, like we work a lot on mindset and, um, you know, provide regular accountability, keeping people regularly dipped, keeping them positive. Um, I, one of the things I'm a big fan of is every time I'm talking to a client, whether it's like in a group setting or a one-on-one, -on -one, like the first thing I'm asking is like, give me three wins. And at least two of them got to be health related, right? Even if it's small, it programs their brain into thinking about like, okay, what's going well, you know, versus like, oh, Dr. Ben, I'm still dealing with this and I still this and I still that and I still got this pain. And it's like, like that, that's their mindset. That, like if they're, that's their thoughts and the, what they're vocalizing, they're just getting more of it, right? So when they start to vocalize, what is going well, even if it's small, well, these things start to snowball, right? And then you're in a group setting and, you know, like, you know, like someone comes on, like my, uh, my client, Nick, who's like, yeah, I haven't had any rheumatoid arthritis pain in five weeks. And everyone's like, whoa, okay, this stuff's working. Like if he's doing it, I can do it, right? And it, it builds that positivity. So, yeah. so to answer your question, yeah. it's a lot of mindset. It's a lot of accountability. Um, and it's like providing like a real structure and just like a, a support network for that um yeah. because it's like yeah it's simple it's straightforward like i just eat fruits and vegetables but it's not easy um and i think that's where a lot of people and a lot of people who like teach this stuff coach this stuff like kind of miss the boat because they're like oh i just give them the structure and if they can't figure it out well it's their problem or they can't stick to it and it's like no no no, no. This, is a, this is a mind game like when i coach people we're not talking about how many tomatoes they got to put in their salad right like we're talking about like their issues with their ex-husband from like 10 years ago. It's like, that's like, 
trauma that's still in their brain. And then like we work through that and then it gets easier to stick to things. So, I mean, that that's yeah. a, yeah, that's a super important topic. I could riff on that all day, but I hope that's a good answer to at least get started. Yeah, for sure. What, how, how long did it take you? How long have you worked to get to the point where, we, where you are currently? Um, like in terms of what? So, so we start out, right. Health? And you're like, all right, here's, here's the, here's the packet. Here's the information you're, you're set, you're done. And now we've come yeah. to the point where we have a, an entirely supportive community that you've built. How, what was the timeline in between those two points? Oh, I mean, I think it was like 2016, 2017. I started like helping people okay. with this, like right when I was finishing up school was when I was yep. starting to like bring on my first like coaching clients. Hmm. Um, I feel like, cause I say coaching, cause I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like, I mean, I knew what to tell them to do, but I didn't know like how to guide them through a process. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of the beginning. And it was a lot of like, figuring it out and getting frustrated that people weren't getting results and like, um, you know, but I was always like wanting to improve. So it was a continuous improvement. I think things really like, um, really ratcheted up around late 2020. I, um, basically long story short, I went through a bad breakup and I decided like, okay, I got to get my fitness in gear. Right. Like I kind of slacked off on that and other things in my life, even though I was still like eating great and, and staying, you know, in remission on my condition, on my fitness had piled up. And so I got coached by this guy, essentially health coached. I was like, dude, I know what to do for food, but like, I need structure and I need accountability around, around fitness. And the way that he did that with me and how he would coach me and the questions he would ask me and the things he got, the, the thought process he guided me through, I was like, whoa, I can apply this to what I'm doing with people and um, so I've learned a heck of a lot from him. And I would say since then, it, it sort of gradually morphed into the model that I'm doing now, which I've been doing for about maybe like two years-ish. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, we talk, yeah. We, we talk, we talk a lot about, um, about success and failure, right? In, yeah. throughout, throughout, this, throughout these processes. What do you think scares people the most, success or failure? Um. I would, I mean, maybe this is, maybe this is too nuanced an answer, but I would say it's like a 50, 50 split where it's like, it's a very, maybe it's a one third, one third, where it's like some people really feel failure. Some people really, a third really fear success and another third fear both equally. Hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like admission, of, like it's like, if they do succeed, they have to admit that basically they weren't doing what they could have done all these years, which I think is a hard on people's egos. You know, mm. it's like, Hey, you didn't know. Right. And maybe even if you did know, you didn't have the support network to execute. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's both. It's hard to say it's more one than the other. I think both really play a role. Yeah. That's a good answer. Would you, so in that answer, there's maybe, there's maybe depending on your, how you're dividing, there may be uh, 1% left. Um, would you attribute that to the people who are scared of neither? I haven't met anybody like, you know, that I, I don't think I've met, I've met very few people that are scared of neither. Um, you know, not that I'm discounting humans, but I'd say that's rare. Like that's admirable. That's I, I, I'm envious because I definitely have, you know, both still to some degree, not so much with my health, but other areas of my life for sure. Um, 
So, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe they're out there, but I don't, I don't really see that too often, at least from my perspective. Brian, do you agree with that? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, well, I know you, Patrick. So you're 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 an outlier in that in that, <laughs> in, that in that arena to be to begin with. Um, you know, I so so both Patrick and I we we teach yoga. Um, we've taught yoga for a number of years. Patrick used to own a yoga studio, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we've worked with a lot of different people, not necessarily in the same light as you, but but with um, certainly with with success and failure, at least on the quote unquote yoga mat is where this, this, this take is coming from. Um, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of people that get accustomed to failing and that's kind of, that's kind of their overall vibe that they, that they, that they fall, that they default on. Right. And I think that, think that the, the success scares them way more than continuing to fail. And I think the same is true for the opposite, right? If you flip, if you flip that, flip that spectrum, I think there's, there's a lot of people who are super into succeeding and, and the feed off of that and are scared less about success. It's, it's more, it's more or less like, like you referred to Dr. Ben earlier, man, it's your mindset, right? It's like, how are you approaching what, what success really means to you? Like, can you identify three small wins out of your day? Two of them, in your in your perspective, being being a health related, like that's success. I mean, and and, and even if you can't name three, like if you name one, that's still success, yeah. right? It's really it's depending on like how you, how the, like you said, nuanced how how, how you de- define success or failure. And then not only that, what, what kind of standards do you hold yourself up to? Are you holding yourself up to the standards that society has created? Or do you have a, or do you have a separate playbook that really defines what your highest and your best means? And then those categories of success and failure relates to what is your highest and your best. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's just an identity portion to it as well. It's like you like if you begin to see yourself as say the person who's chronically ill or the person who is, mm. you know, got this condition and, and it somehow it, it, it meets some need that you have. Maybe it's the need for attention mm. or the need to like, mm. you know, it's like, it yeah, meets this need of like, okay, well, I don't have to worry about this other thing that I could have done because I've got this problem that's holding me back from doing it anyway. Mm. So mm. I like, you know, cause if I actually didn't have this problem and I actually had the opportunity to go succeed at this other thing, like, I don't know if I would, but if, since I have the problem, I can be safe, you know, and like say, sure. well, I have to do that. Cause I got the rheumatoid arthritis. Not, not that I'm calling you out. I'm just no. in my head. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of like, there's a lot of identity around like, okay, you know, if I do begin to eat healthy, like what other, what are other people going to think of me if I show sure. up to the party and like refuse the nachos, you know, sure. like, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the peer group is like, cements in the identity you know um yeah. and so there's, there's a there's a fear of like the tall poppy syndrome i'm gonna stick my head out and get whacked you know like <laughs> uh, when i was coaching people through the holidays they're like i don't know when christmas comes and my mother-in-law is and like i don't know what to say to her she's gonna flip out yeah. right and so oh, yeah. that conversation about like just do you and don't like push your beliefs on anybody else and just you know, just act like it's no big deal. And then everybody else will act like it's no big deal because people really don't want conflict. But if you, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's easy to attract it if you do the wrong thing. So let's just put it that way. And one of the most important things I'm, I was just talking to Patrick this morning about this. One of the most important things I'm working on currently now is being okay with where I am today. Right. And, and that's, and that's a huge component to all of this. Like, I know that I'm putting in the work. I know that I'm quote unquote succeeding. I know also too, there are times that I fail 
it's like that. It's like the old uh, the verbiage goes in in the yoga community. It's like I am that I am. I also I am I am a I am this light being that's like beautiful and and, and uh, composed of all this positivity. And I also do crappy things sometimes. It's like there's 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 that both there's that polarity that 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 I really try to that that I'm working on just softening because because having something that 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 is quote unquote seems to be out of your out of control sometimes there's there's no I can't turn an on off button to to this thing that that's going on it's like I just have to be okay with where I am today yeah and and part of it is like that brain that hedonic treadmill it's like you know it's like I would I would give anything to two three years ago be where I'm at now but I'm still like yeah oh, not where I yeah. want to be yeah there's so much more yes. you know and so and I think that's why like you so like I mentioned I coach people I also have coaches I actually got three. I got a fitness coach, a mindset coach, and a business coach. Okay. And it's like, I'm always feeling like I'm not where I want to be, but they got to remind me of like, dude, look how far you've come. And I'm yes. like, Oh yeah. But what mm. am I doing with my clients? Mm. Look how far you've come, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it, it helps with it. Yeah. Especially when we're just naturally like ambitious people that like want to do a lot and help a lot of people. And, you know, um, just like live this full experience of life. We There's just always more and it, and it can be, a, it's this trap to get yeah, you know stuck in right and then yeah. pretty soon well, you're, you're the guy with like a helicopter full of hookers driving <laughs> into the mountain of cocaine and like i'm still not happy <laughs> patrick what's your what's your take on that man i'm curious it's interesting i mean i'm it's it's fun it's fun slash it's it's kind of shocking 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 humans really are um because i think I think anybody who knows me knows that I'm ultra ambitious, but I also have zero fear of missing out. Um, and every day I do exactly what I can do. And every night I go to bed a hundred percent peaceful and there's more that could be done, but I did what I could do or I did what I did and I never have regrets on that. So it's interesting so to hear you guys you talk. That. Yeah. I don't know. My brain has always been wired very differently. Like, Part of it, I think, is that from literally a two-year-old, I have eaten different than everyone around me. So um, I've, I've gone to Christmas dinner 42 times and had people look at me and say, aren't you going to eat that? And I'm like, no, it's the same thing as the last 41 years where I didn't eat the same stuff you guys do. So like, I've, and I've gone to business dinners where we go to a steak place and I'm like, cool, I'm going to have the basic salad that you are going to offer. And the rest of the meal is going to be a conversation about what I'm eating. And I've recognized that it's a reflection in people and they, they feel bad about their choice, but yeah. I don't care about anyone else's choice. Right. I, I'm, I don't care what you put on your plate. And I don't think you should care what I put on my plate. The, those two things are not related unless we're going to swap plates and I'm not swapping plates with you. So um, it's, it's just fascinating for me to hear like how much you guys have the complexity of the societal pressures. Cause I just have never had those. And mm. it's, it's wild. It's wild to think about how much is going on in other people's brains. Cause my brain is just, Wyatt as a prairie. <laughs> so it's it's fascinating. I, I love I love getting to talk to people because it is just fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And and part of the work I do is 
deprogramming a lot of that. Like, yeah, I'm used to being the guy who shows up with whatever. And it used to be, I used to get a lot of questions and now it's just sort of like people know me. It's like, that's just what Dr. Ben does. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, like, I feel like that's one area of my life where it's like nothing faces me, but mm. they definitely have other areas where that's not true. So yeah. you bring up a good point. It's, it's because I'm going through the same stuff. You mentioned holiday dinners, the holiday, Jesus, man. It's like, those are, those have become such a topic of what is Brian eating? Like, what is he not eating? How can we make things that you're going to eat so that you can feel included in, in the dinner? Right. So it's like, how can we have for making mashed potatoes for for Thanksgiving or something, how can we have a potato dish that that Brian can eat that that everyone else can enjoy as well, but but Brian can eat? So it's like it's like this this. I'm like guys, just y'all fend for yourselves. I, I'll be able, I'll be fine. I can I've I've managed this to to change in, in a way that that serves me. Like it's it almost as if it's like a it makes the other person feel super uncomfortable that that I'm not that we're not joining in the rest of, you know, these, these festivities, if you will, this, yeah, like, oh, we got to go out of our way to make sure Brian feels comfortable with what we're doing. Yeah. It's it's, like, no, 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 no. We feel uncomfortable with what Brian's doing. Yes. We're projecting onto him, right? Exactly. Get the deeper psychology of it. Exactly. Uh, And then you eventually arrive to the place where Patrick's at, where you're just like, "I, I literally don't care at all. And I'm not interested in having an argument and I'm not trying to push my beliefs on you because I know how that goes, you know, yes. it's like, you know, the slippery uh, slope. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think we we're going to go down this rabbit hole, but, I, but I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying, <laughs> I'm enjoying the heck this out whole of conversation it. guys. Yeah. This is, this is, this is breaks me away from my normal, what I talk about on these and I'm, I'm loving it. So this heck is yeah. whatever Good. you want to go with. Let's keep going. Good. Okay, well, since we're going since we're going into weird things, then let me. Um, so I will say, you know, everybody has their story, right? But shoot, twenty no fifteen. How old am I? Seventeen years ago. Seventeen years ago, I had a I had a, a physiological cessation of capability. So I went from like what I would just dis- well what America would describe as like perfect health. I was. Um, a very different human. So I was like 190 ish pounds. I was like 3% body fat. I was the, unless there was a professional athlete in a room I walked into, I was very confident. I was the strongest person in the room every single time I walked into a room. And then one day instantaneously, um, that all disappeared and I couldn't get out of bed. And I, so I had, I had this, I had this experience. I went through all the doctors. I spent 300 plus thousand dollars trying to find answers in the medical system and eventually came to the same conclusion um, that you did, Dr. Ben, is that this was not the path that was going to work for me. And that I knew way more about what was going on in my health experience than the professionals that I was paying to tell me what was going on. So it didn't make any, any sense to continue. And from that, I really came to the conclusion, and I think it's interesting because I think it's probably a, a compilation of many different things, which is why we can all come to different things. But I came to the conclusion that the mystery autoimmune disease that I was diagnosed with was um, viral and or, or some variant of viral that hasn't quite been identified yet. And the reality is in the medical system, 
if we don't know what it is, we cannot test for it. And if we cannot test for it, we cannot find it. That is just, that is the, the unfortunate reality that you will find if you ever get, if you ever get seriously ill, you'll, you'll, you could learn that. And more importantly, if we can't find it, then it must not exist. And right. it must be either in your head yeah. or you're mentally ill or like, it's like, yep. it's like, if it's not on the map, like it, it's yep. literally like, we have to act like you're crazy because we couldn't ever possibly <laughs> be ignorant of something or have something wrong. Cause that's just out of the question, yeah, man. It's exactly. funny. Cause like, I was thinking that as you said it, I was like, I guarantee you he had doctors say that it was a psychological condition because that's exactly what every single person yeah. with this experience has that yeah. right No, yeah. Well, maybe this is a psychological condition. Maybe we should recommend you to, to someone who can offer you a medication for that component. And you're like, I didn't go from bench pressing 380 pounds to not being able to walk 10 steps because I had a psychological shift in an hour and a half. Like that didn't happen. I can promise you that. Um, And I've never met anyone who's like, you know, I had a really, really bad condition, like physical condition. And then turned out it was all in my head. And I went to the psychiatrist and they put me on psych meds. I'm better. I've never been told that story yet. Never. Yeah. So I want to run, I want to run a thing by you. And, and, um, so this is a N of two. So this is, this is certainly not, this is certainly not widely tested, but, um, the two people that have been willing to test this for me came down with post COVID, um, arthritis, and it was impacting like both the physical shape of their, of their hand joints. It was, uh, impacting their ability to grip and hold things. And I just, I very quickly uh, created just an, an antiviral with a DMSO um, applicator. And both of them had immediate 24-hour remission of, of the post-COVID arthritis, right? And, and we're talking about joints that were swollen 100% their initial size. And so, like, I, I look at these things as um, obviously not everything has the same solution, but when I see when I see the prevalence of post-COVID issues and the the lack of understanding I think we have around that particular topic, um, I wonder I wonder how much of the like convolution of previous COVID-like experiences that we may have no idea of because they don't have remarkably outlying or or outward expressing symptoms um, we could be dealing with. So. Just can you give me your thought on the potential, the potential of a viral component uh, or an underlaid, undiagnosed viral bacterial anti or, or microbial? Let's say microbial, so we can kind of include everything, right? Um, mm. So if we're if we're using a microbial a microbial experience, do you think there's any component of of or potential overlay in the Venn diagram of a microbial impact on autoimmune issues? Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I think we don't fully understand what's going on, but um, I don't know if you're familiar with a guy named um, Randy Tent. No, but He's I'll a triple look doctorate. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> and look up a lecture he has called "It's Not Autoimmune, You Have Viruses." Okay, and um, so he's a triple uh, naturopath, chiropractor, PhD. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant, freaking dude. And what he was doing was he was running virus titers and all these people that showed up with autoimmune. And it's like, everybody had Epstein-Barr, everybody yeah. had all these other viruses. So yeah. I think that, and one thing that I've learned from COVID is that the spike protein is toxic. It's toxic, yeah. right? 
Um, and so, and that's what's causing a lot of issues. And so these people that are having like these long COVID symptoms, they might, whatever, for whatever reason, they're having a tough time, like actually breaking down the spike protein and expunging it from their system. But then once we give them help with that through like an ivermectin or a DMSO or whatever, um, is they get rid of it and they expunge the toxicity, they can break it down. So it's no longer harmful. So, um, I think there, I think there is a viral component. I think there's some virus that's infected that Interesting. body's fighting it. And for some reason, there's some antigen on there. That's like, looks a lot like a thyroid or a, or a, right. a knee joint or a mm-hmm. colon. And the body's like trying to attack that, that microbe, but mm. because of just similarities, friendly fire ends up attacking something in the body too. I, I, I that's my best guess. And what the heck's going on? I really liked, I really liked where we started, which was the crossfire component, because I think that that really does overlay a lot of, of what I have intuitively felt about autoimmune is that there, there is some type of a, there is some type of a miscommunication that is creating a, a crossfire as a perfect space where, where the body is getting captured or caught. Um, so yeah, that, that I really, man. Yeah. And so what conversation, take it a step, can I take a step deeper? Please. So I think what's going on is okay. Mention okay. So I mentioned I talked about this a little bit, um, and I feel like this is one of the few opportunities we get to go this deep on this. So I'm excited to talk about Heck it. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yes. Are you familiar with the the concept of the innate immune system versus the humoral immune system? Yeah. Break it down. Okay, break it down. All... Break it down for everybody. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So most of the time, modern medicine and most everybody's understanding is the humoral immune system. Okay. Which is basically that some baddie appears, it's a virus, it's a bacteria, it's a fungus, it's whatever. And the body, the, the immune system starts throwing different antibodies on it, trying to figure out what will stick and kill it. And eventually it figures out like, oh, if we do this antibody that kills the virus. So just make, go make much more of those. Right. And then the body can kill that offending agent off. And then it has the memory. It has these antibodies so that if it ever shows up again, the body can kill it. And you have what's quote unquote called immunity for life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm, I'm not, it's just, so I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. That definitely exists. And when they, you know, most, most, um, you know, if we can use the V word on the podcast are designed to induce humoral immunity. Well, here's the thing. You also have this innate immune system, which doesn't work that way. It literally is like, oh, that's a bad thing. We're going to kill it. We don't need to invent any kind of new antibody. We have the natural killer cells and, and other types of cells that can just after whatever it is, go get it. Right. And so I think with a lot of people is that when they're really healthy, that innate immune system is so strong. It's like, I never got COVID. It's been three years. I never got it. I actually, um, back in 20, late 2021, I was taking care of a friend who got it like really bad. Okay. Double jabbed, got it really bad, brought her ivermectin. She got better slowly. Um, but I never caught it. And I spent a lot of time with her taking care of her. Um, and so I think for, so anyway, to get back to the whole, does the virus on immunity, I think for a lot of people, if their immune system is really healthy, that innate immune system can kill off and get rid of the offending agent without the humoral immune system ever needing to get involved. But for sure. as health decreases because you've got toxicity, poor diet, stress, whatever, it's like that innate immune system mm. just isn't working good. So it's kind of a second line of defense. Mm. You send in the humoral immune system but it like cross reacts and just doesn't do as good of a job as, um, as the, the innate immune system. And so if you can bolster the overall level of health and remove the obstructions to health, 
well, then that innate immune system comes back online and just gets rid of it. And then the, this humoral immune system doesn't have to be shooting out all these antibodies that are cross-reacting with your thyroid, with your joints, with your brain, whatever. So that's the long answer to that question, but I hope yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's just theory. Obviously I don't have, I don't have laboratory evidence to, to back that up, but it, it, in the context of all the variables going on, it makes a lot of sense to me. The, the, so, so just, just to kind of button that up, the, the, the theoretical component on that is that the, the innate immune system is able, able to over, overcome. Is that, is that where, where you're saying? Yeah. And the autoimmune reaction happens yeah. because the innate immune system is suppressed and it's kind of like a second line of defense. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah. sending in the Navy to go fight a land war. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they'll got do it. it. Like they're not yeah. really trained at it, but they'll do it better right. than like nobody. That's fair. Yeah. I like that analogy too. Yeah. That's good. It makes a lot, a lot of sense when you, when you're experiencing some of those symptoms and it's, and it, you, you've made me think, man. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really, really fun. Um, Brian, any, any last thoughts from, from you? I know we're bumping up against our, our hour. Or granted, and I got here. more time. If you guys want to go over for a few minutes, I'm good. Don't feel like I got to jump off right away. Yeah, well, appreciate it. Um, yeah. yeah, I like to end with a question. You know me, Patrick. Um, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Here's a good one. So, so I'm working. So, so we've talked about beliefs, like uh, ideologies. We've talked about um, mindset. So, so I'm going to go into you, Dr. Ben, just to just a little more personal. What what limiting belief? about yourself did you formally carry and what caused you to overcome that belief? Oh man. Um, there's been a lot of them. Um, um, I think that, um, I think one of them was a, a core one I had was that like, I can't do what I really love for a living. Like when I realized that I wanted to, I was, when I got sick and had my whole health journey, I was working as an engineer and this limiting belief was like, oh, I've been doing this too long. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm too old to go back to school. Um, like I, you know, I'm too this, I'm too that. I'm wearing my tutu. Right. And, um, and really the way over, but like, part of me, like really wanted to do it, but I just felt like I couldn't. Um, and a lot of that was honestly just like talking to other people who did, and like just basically going to them for encouragement or like mentioning to people who like just saying like, oh, I, I want to do this, but like, I don't think I can. And they're like, yeah, you can. Or let me get you hooked up with this guy who can teach you this. And so it was like, it was encouragement from other people and also reference experience of like, well, this person did it and that person did it. So like, maybe it is possible because I I didn't have any context. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it was like, like reference experience of other people like the example that they set and then an encouragement that I got. And then now that I think about that, the gears are turning. It's like, that's how I help people with coaching. So that's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you just recently self-employed now too, right? So congratulations, man. That's, that's, that's rad too. I think I read that somewhere on my research. Yeah. Right it's been, yeah. A, it's been a little, yeah. it's been like a year and three months. Cool. So Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. That's, um, that's something that, that, um, I'm super, I can relate to as well. It feels, um, it feels super rad to be in the position that, that I'm at. I, I work with, with and for Patrick. So um, we've, we've, we've created, created something pretty, 
pretty rad that we're working on. So it's uh, cool. it's exciting. Yeah, yeah dude, it's yeah. been a this has been a great conversation. I love it. Have me back anytime, guys. I appreciate yeah. you, Doctor Ben. Thank so much. you, man. This yeah. is this has been really fun. Really, always love getting always love getting atypical atypical thought processes are uh, just yeah the best. So thank you. The best. And I think I'm going to hit you up, man, and do that investigatory call. I think that you offer on your website, right? Yeah. 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 So anybody so, wants to work with me, yeah, we have a free chat for like 10 minutes, get to understand what's nice. going on with you. And then, uh, and, and you know, what you got going on. And then at the end, it's like, hey, if I can help you, this is what, what we probably got to do. And if I can't help you, I'll try to get you someone who can. So Cool. And, plug, and that, that'll plug, be in the show notes. But will you just, will you just yeah. hit us with that website too? Yeah. Um, oh, it's got a long URL, but if you go to drbenjaminvanulis.com, there should be a link for that. Like All right. my book and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. And just, yeah, yeah just, and just plug that book real quick too. Cause that's rad. Oh yeah, sure. So <laughs> this is the primer, uh, create health yeah. reverse autoimmune disease without drugs or side effects. So just published this about six months ago, super stoked on it. You can go to createhealthbook.com and get it there. Um, or if you, you know, want to support Amazon instead, go on Amazon and <laughs> No, they'll give me 25 cents or something on there. That's fair. Yeah, I appreciate then, your energy, uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, search me by my name. I'm probably heavily shadow banned, but hopefully you find me. <laughs> we'll have links to all of those in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. you. This this was a this was a, an absolute blast. So we'll have to we'll have to circle back and and uh, reconvene reconvene in twelve months or so and see see what has changed in in your world and what you've created for for the good. Awesome, guys. Yeah. Have thanks, Doctor Ben. Appreciate evening. you, man. All right, you too. Bye. bye.